0: Looking for a resource written for young people that explains the Mormon religion from a biblical perspective? Mormonism 101 for Teens by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson addresses basic LDS doctrine while answering important questions such as, Is it okay to date my Mormon friend? This book has helped many young Christians to better understand their own faith as well as the faith of Latter-day Saints. Mormonism 101 for Teens can be purchased online at mrm.org.
1: So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. The Dead Sea Scrolls, did the people who lived in the Qumran community, did they believe like Mormons? Some Mormons seem to give the impression that they did, while others say, no, a lot more caution needs to be expressed. We were going through a book last week written by a man by the name of Charles Abbott. It's titled Immersion in Mormonism, and at the end of his book, he lists several evidences that he feels supports Mormon theology that he claims can be found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. A lot of this evidence that he lists in his book is actually taken from another book titled Evidences of the Church, written by Dennis K. Brown. It came out in 2008. Dennis K. Brown feels that the Dead Sea Scrolls do in fact support Mormon teaching and in his opinion this gives credence to some of the doctrines of the LDS church prior I guess you could say to what they would call the great apostasy but Charles Abbott lists five of those points taken from Dennis K Brown's book and Dennis K Brown he he mentions more of these alleged parallels but Eric you were trying to be very nice in explaining why we're not going after all 20 because They just are not that great. They are so vague in many cases. It's not even worth discussing. It may encourage a Mormon who wants to have something that's faith promoting. But if you check into this, a lot of his evidence is really not powerful at all.
2: You're right on that. And when I was looking through Brown's work and I looked at Abbott's work, I think what Abbott has done is probably take the five best, if that's even a word to use in this, because I don't think any of these points are that strong. But uh, And so I wanted to tackle that, using that as an outline. And you can go look at the article that was written on this, a very long article, mrm.org slash dead Sea Scroll Doctrine with hyphens in between each of those words, mrm.org slash Dead Sea Scroll Doctrine. And you'll see this article. And what we do in this article is we're going to take the five points used by Abbott that connect with what Brown has also said. And we're going to go through each of those to say, does the Dead Sea Scroll material support these things.
1: Before we go into the five points, let me just mention that we are also going to be citing Dr. J. Randall Price, who's the founder and president of World of the Bible Ministries. And yesterday I gave Dr. Price's credentials. And if you want to check out his credentials. I would certainly encourage you to go to his website, which is worldofthebible.com, and you can check them out there. But the reason why we cited Dr. Price is because Dr. Price wrote a book called Secrets of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And in that book, he takes some time to respond to some of these accusations or some of these claims that Mormons have made regarding the Dead Sea Scrolls, and he refutes them. One of the subtitles is Mormonism and the Scrolls, found on page 382 of this book. And I want to read a portion from that page because it sets up what we are planning to do here. Dr. Price says on page 382 of his book, Secrets of the Dead Sea Scrolls, When Dead Sea Scroll research was first undertaken by Latter-day Saint scholars, Brigham Young University Assistant Professor of Religion, Lewis M. Rogers, suggested a tentative position be adopted by his colleagues. And this statement came out in 1963, I might mention. It goes on in this paragraph to say, In a Latter-day Saint publication on archaeology, he wrote an article titled, The Significance of the Scrolls and a Word of Caution. This is the portion that Dr. Price cites from Dr. Lewis M. Rogers.
2: Latter-day Saints have come to rejoice with other Christians and Jews for the new light and fresh perspective brought to them by the Dead Sea Scrolls, but occasionally they need to be reminded that their hopes and emotions make them vulnerable. It is quite possible that claims for the Book of Mormon and for the LDS theology will not be greatly advanced as a consequence of this discovery.
1: So here we have an LDS scholar rightly advising his colleagues and probably any other Mormon that may read this to be very careful about this and not to jump on this bandwagon just because you have heard that the Dead Sea Scrolls may say something that you would like to agree with.
2: He was ahead of his time because in the 1960s they just didn't know exactly what was inside the Dead Sea Scroll caves. Uh, The documents had been hidden by scholars until the 1990s, but I think He was absolutely correct.
1: Well, not all Mormons took that advice, unfortunately. And I would say that Dennis K. Brown, in his book Evidences of the Church, I would say Charles Abbott, in his book Immersion in Mormonism, and I would also mention uh, Eugene Seeitch, who also dedicates some time to the Dead Sea Scrolls, and, and which Randall Price critiques in his book, Secrets of the Dead Sea Scrolls. These are just three, and I'm sure there's others who did not take that advice of caution and have gone out there making statements that I don't think are defendable. Now, again, as we said, we're going to look at the five points that Charles Abbott gave concerning the Dead Sea Scrolls that are in his book, Immersion in Mormonism. What's the first one, Eric?
2: He references preexistence and also quotes from Jeremiah 1.5, and this is what he writes on page 105. It must be noted that in the Dead Sea Scrolls, there are frequent references to pre-earth life when we all lived as spirits with our Heavenly Father.
1: Well, if that was true, uh, you could say that is a feather in the cap for Latter-day Saints. But is it true? He also claims, that there's a reference regarding the Mormon teaching that it's possible for people to become gods. This is what he says on page 106. The Dead Sea Scrolls state that we can all progress to eventually become as God.
2: And the third point, he talks about marriage being eternal and families are forever, and he writes on page 107, it is noteworthy that in the Dead Sea Scrolls there are references to ceilings to spouses and families so that they can be together for eternity.
1: He also claims there are references in the scrolls to the Mormon teaching that priesthood was valid in the New Testament times, but would later be lost. This is what he says on pages 108 to 109. The Dead Sea Scrolls refer to a greater and lesser priesthood, the lesser of them being after the sons of Aaron. They also refer to a future prophet named Asaph who will restore the priesthood in the last days and who will be killed by lawless men. Asaph, translated into English, is Joseph. This is what Mr. Abbott says.
2: And finally, the fifth point that we're going to be talking about this week is that temple ordinances are necessary for eternal life. And on page 109, Abbott wrote, The Dead Sea Scrolls speak of the temple as being the center of life and even mention the importance of a new name, keywords, special garments, and a sacred oath.
1: Now, if you just had those five points, and, and a Mormon tells you, look, the Dead Sea Scrolls supports these unique teachings of Mormonism. That might make you want to take notice. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly would seem to impress me, but the fact is we don't find that evidence.
2: So, uh, Bill, that first point, let's talk about it here for the, for the remainder of our show. It's about preexistence, and the question is, do the non-biblical texts talk about preexistence? Now, Brown, Dennis K. Brown, as you've been referring to, referenced by Abbott, this is what Brown writes and he says this the scrolls frequently mention a pre-earth life where all mankind lived as spirits with god the father before coming to earth to my knowledge we are the only church on the earth that preaches this doctrine now what's interesting is that brown says that the essenes were living in a dispensation of apostasy but here's the point if they were living in a period of apostasy the latest as we mentioned in yesterday's show that they could have ever written any text or that they were in Qumran would have been AD 68 that's when the Romans came and apparently the Essenes must have escaped and they never returned to their scrolls and so you don't really have an apostasy at that point because you have some of the apostles at least of Jesus were still living in AD 68 in fact John uh, doesn't die until close to 8100. so if there were apostles on the earth, then is there really an apostasy? That's the question I think we have to ask. Now, this is what Brown says about that. He says that the fullness of the gospel was given to Heavenly Father's children at the beginning of each dispensation. That is to say, to Adam, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, moses and to jesus christ interesting moses would have been around 1600 bc so there's a gap from moses all the way till jesus uh, 1600 years later and then he continues brown writes after a period of time during each dispensation the people fell away and lost parts of the gospel although qumran was in one of those periods of apostasy it is interesting to see many of the doctrines which they believed and taught were remnants of the fullness they had lost.
1: Now, before we go on to what Brown says, don't you think, Eric, that Mr. Brown and probably Eugene Seeitch and Charles Abbott are sure placing a lot on the Essenes in Qumran? Right. I mean, you're actually having to assume that what you think are parallels are true teachings that these people held. How do you know that? Why? Because you seem to see a parallel? That seems pretty dangerous to me.
2: I think you're right on that. That's a great point to make, because think about the Essenes, some of the things they believed in. Let me point out one belief. They believed in sovereignty of God. They believed that God foreordained, or... There was a predestination that took place. They were very strong on that idea. Well, Mormonism totally rejects that. They believe every man is accountable for himself and that you make your own free will choices. That's not how the people in Qumran are believing. So why is that not to be something to be considered as something as possibly truthful if you feel that somehow pre-existence was in there and, oh, I'm going to latch on to that, but I won't latch on to the other.
1: Now we would call that cherry picking. You're looking for something that you think is a parallel. And Mormons are notorious for these parallelisms. They do that with archaeology, and of course we're seeing it here as well when it comes to the Dead Sea Scrolls. Tomorrow we're going to continue looking at some of the claims that have been made by some of these Mormon writers in their belief that the Dead Sea Scrolls somehow supports Mormon teaching. So we hope that you'll tune in tomorrow as we continue looking at the Dead Sea Scrolls and these alleged parallels.
0: Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormon Church, is a huge topic of interest among many Bible-believing Christians who want to reach their LDS friends and loved ones with the Biblical message of hope and grace. If you're a Christian who wants to be better informed about the beliefs of the Mormon people, Mormonism Research Ministry wants to be a resource for you. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has worked hard to clearly articulate Mormon doctrine and history in order to better understand the issues that separate Mormonism from the Christian faith. At You'll find links to hundreds of articles as well as dozens of videos that will effectively educate you on this fascinating topic. Should your church need a live presentation, simply contact MRM and schedule one of our several PowerPoint presentations that have helped thousands of Christians better understand the beliefs of their LDS neighbors. To schedule MRM at your church, write us at MRM.org or call 801-572-2153. Let MRM help you become a confident ambassador for Christ.